Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Clive Urquhart. Both Jane and I are going to share this morning and uh, it's not just a message, we're going to be doing a bit of praying, is that okay? Uh, We're called to be a house of prayer for all nations and together across all three congregations, so uh, with Worthing and Crawley as well, all three of us, Horsham here, not three people, but three congregations. Um, and we, we live in some interesting days, interesting times. And there's, we're going to pray into some specific areas. Now, we're not just going to focus on those areas as distractions, Okay, and, and get sucked into just focusing on the issue or the situation. There's a bigger picture that's going on at the moment uh, in terms of opposition to God's purposes. And <clears throat> if I could just put it this way, the whole uh, blanket on being politically correct and trying to shut down freedom of speech is... It might be being expressed in different areas in society in specific ways. And we know behind all these things is the enemy at work wanting to hinder the gospel going out into the nation and and beyond and into communities. And the enemy wants to put a veil of silence over everybody, not just Christians. He wants everybody, he wants to try and shut everybody up from being able to say, well, this is what I believe or this is how I'm living or, or, or this is my, how I see something. And he's wanted to put a veil of silence, not just on everybody, but specifically on the church to try and shut the voice of the church down, which ultimately is God's voice to the nation. And if he can increasingly do that in a way that makes the church uh, look bigoted or uh, homophobic, uh, or, or whatever word you want to use to describe, then, then he'll use anything to then try and label the church or Christians or Christianity in a certain way so that we can't be who God has called us to be. And, and we know the enemy wants to hinder those purposes. So we're, we're just going to speak about a few of those things and we're going to pray into some of those things. But the bigger picture of why is because we need to make sure that the veil of silence is broken. Whether it's over our own lives personally or over the culture that we are in. And so this, this, this morning is not a bless you message, okay? Is that all right? Just uh, If you've come to church this morning thinking, I just want a word that's going to bless me, God does that in our lives, but we don't just come on a Sunday to be blessed. We come, on to, we come together to also be reminded as to why am I alive? Why am I here? Why am I a believer? Why does the church exist on earth? The church does not exist just for God to bless it and to bless the individuals. We're here as a church as God's force on earth or God's hand on earth or God's ambassadors on earth to actually bring God's kingdom where God's kingdom isn't being expressed or manifested. That's why God calls us to be a people of faith. So what does faith do? Faith speaks things that are not as though they were. Faith does not accept the natural reality. Faith says, I believe something that is more than the natural reality because faith enables us to see something in the spirit but also then believe something that we don't currently see 
And, and one aspect of believing is what we pray and then what we express in prayer. But also faith must have an action to it as well. So faith will always lead to action. There is no such thing as a passive believer in the Bible. Anybody who believes must have action to go with what they believe. Because faith is a lifestyle, not just something that we have on the inside of us. Is everybody glad they came this morning? Just turn to your neighbour and say, I'm glad I'm here. I need to hear what God is going to do in me and in us this morning. Okay, just grab your Bible. Turn to Luke 18. We're going to look at a few verses there uh, for a couple of minutes. And then we're going to look at, at, at some specific areas, okay? Now, anything that we look at this morning, we are not coming from a place of judgment in any shape or form, okay? That's not what we're doing. We're not standing here saying we're better than anybody else. Uh, we're here with God's heart of compassion, God's mercy in our hearts because he's shown us mercy. We're being gracious because God is gracious to us, okay? And, uh, and that's the basis on which we, we pray in line with God's heart and his will. So Luke chapter 18, the first few verses, Jesus tells a parable uh, about the persistent widow. And he says here, Jesus told his disciples a parable, a story, to show them that they should always pray and not give up. What does the enemy like to do? He likes to put things in front of us, magnify them to say it's impossible. You can't see change. You won't have a breakthrough. Something you know, is going to stop you from what you really want in your heart. I mean, that's how the enemy operates, okay? And so he wants us to, uh, he wants to undermine what we believe so that we think, well, what's the point of even praying? The devil knows the power of prayer when a believer stands there and prays. And I think the devil believes more in the power of prayer than often Christians can do. Because he knows how powerful he is. So he tries to distract us from prayer, put us off from prayer, get us to think, well, it's, uh, how, what, what difference can I make to that massive issue out there? Okay. So then Jesus said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him uh, with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, he stood against what this widow wanted. But finally he said to himself, even though I do not fear God or care about anybody, but because this widow, she keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming, with her continual pestering and constantly nagging to get what she wants. How many of you know that that kind of pestering and that kind of nagging is good? All right, and that's a good thing, to nag consistently in prayer, to be persistent in prayer, to wear, if we can put it this down, to knock on God's heart so much that God says, I'm going to give you justice because you really want what you're praying you really have on the inside of you what you are saying and what you are de commanding and what you are decreeing. So I'm going to release from heaven what I put on the inside of you so that you see on earth what I want to release there through you. 
that is what prayer is. Anybody else believe it this morning? Then he said, verse 6, and the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. Uh, And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? There's an interesting question at the end. Let's just... So the unjust judge obviously uh, said what he did. She's going to wear me out with her coming, so I'm just going to give her justice. I'm going to give her what she wants. I'm going to answer her plea and, and, and just give her the answer to her prayer. We as a, as a church, let alone the church as Christians, we want to be persistent in prayer. We want to batter things in prayer. Prayer is like a battering ram. That's what it does. I love that video. Uh, you know, about prayer and uh, what they're saying. As believers, we have a responsibility to pray. As every person in this room, if you are a believer, you have a responsibility to pray. God doesn't call us by name and then say, well, a few of you can pray and the rest you can do something else. Every believer is called to pray. There might be some that are specifically called to be intercessors that really give a lot more time and they've got anointing to be an intercessor. But, but we are called to be a house of prayer. That means everybody's called to prayer. Are there experts in prayer? No, I don't, I don't think. I, I'm, I, you know, uh, sometimes I pray because I know I need to pray. Not because I feel like it, but sometimes I'm going to go and pray because I know I need to go and pray. One for my benefit, but also because I need to pray into this situation because there need to be an answer. So I'm going to go and I'm not going to do something else. I'm going to go and do this because something needs to happen in this area. So I need to plug in to God and pray something to see a release in that area, right? So we're called to be a people of, of prayer. So uh, Jane and I were at an event in January up in London and the chief rabbi was was speaking, one of the guys was speaking and I'm going to summarise in in a few sentences what he said, okay? And he said, there are no words to describe some things that happen which cause you to be silent. In that silence you begin to reflect. As you reflect you realise you cannot remain silent. You must actually do something. You must use your voice to begin to speak out to break the silence and to start bringing about change. But once you have broken the silence, you also then realise that words alone are not enough and that you must follow your words with action. So one one action we know is prayer because we know that prayer is not just words alone. Prayers are connected to the King of Heaven. Prayers are connected to the eternal living God. Prayers are connected to the Ancient of Days, who is the same yesterday, today and forever. That when we pray, God does stuff. Why? Because we're not just praying what we think we need to pray, but we're hearing what God is saying and what He wants to do on earth and then we join in with Him and we command that, we speak that, we declare that, we decree that, we release that and then, uh, and then God does that, not because we're telling Him to, but because He's told us to decree something and then He begins to do it and begins to release it 
and, and see that outworked, okay? So that's one way of, of breaking the silence. But how many of you have found in your life that often you begin to pray about something and then God uses you to be the person at the other end of the prayer to see the answer outworked? Has anybody ever discovered that or is it, it just me? Sometimes it's easy to pray and it says, yeah, I'll pray as long as God sends someone else. But I'll pray, but send someone else, you know. And, and, and God says, no, often he puts something in our hearts and, and often the starting point is we begin to pray about something. And as we pray about something, something stirs on the inside of us. And as we're stirred on the inside, we then begin to get a sense of, I'm not just going to pray about this and, and on, on my own or with others. I actually get a sense now, God wants me to do something in response to the prayer. There must be an action. And then the Holy Spirit begins to lead you into some action. And before you know where you are, you find yourself doing stuff that you didn't think you would before you had God's heart on the inside for the thing that you're now doing. But God takes you on a journey. So prayer becomes action. Prayer leads to change. The victory is won in prayer, but then we go and see that victory outwork when we, when we go in his name and do whatever he is saying. Okay. Now this week on Wednesday, the last Wednesday, a few days ago, we had uh, the Jerusalem prayer breakfast in, in London. And... <clears throat> It was to celebrate 70 years of the rebirth of, of Israel as a nation and also to celebrate 50 years of the reunification of Jerusalem uh, from, from 1967 to, to... We're still within that year, towards the end of that year. So we're celebrating that. And one of the reasons why we believe it was right to do this Jerusalem prayer breakfast in London was because... Uh, the Balfour Declaration of 100 years ago gave a mandate to, the, to, to Britain to help create a homeland for the Jewish people. And uh, even though we fulfilled that to a certain degree and we, we didn't fulfill it fully as a nation, Israel still ended up in 1948 uh, becoming a nation or the rebirth of it and, and Britain had a mandate connected with that to help that come about. Now, we believe that Britain still has a mandate towards Israel now and the Jewish people and that God hasn't finished with how we as a nation need to stand with Israel. Since Brexit has been voted whenever it was, 18 months ago or nearly two years ago now, isn't it? Uh, is it was it last year or the year before? A couple of years ago, wasn't it? Um, since then, there's the relationship between Britain and Israel has been getting stronger. And certain things uh, from an economic point of view, from a business point of view, from defence point of view, other things that are going on that we wouldn't necessarily hear about every day, uh, are much stronger. And the way that we as a nation are working with Israel is, has changed since we've made the decision to come out of the EU. And the freedom that that has now given us to, to actually do that. And so there is an element where, where that is happening. Uh, but I believe God wants to wake the church up in this nation in regards to Israel and and how we need to be as the church and understanding God's heart. But it's not just about a modern nation. It's about God's plans of salvation, God's plan of salvation. It's connected to the covenants that he made in Genesis to Abraham, then to Isaac, then to Jacob. It's connected with what we are then grafted into as, as Christians, as believers, into God's promises and covenants. And, and so therefore the church needs to wake up to understand that and what that then means to, to stand with Israel, the Jewish people. And, and when we say that, we don't mean we're anti anybody else because God's heart of salvation is for every Arab, it's for every Palestinian, it's for every people group. Jesus died once and he died for all. So that's his heart and that's the heart that we have. 
So there's a mandate that we need to pick up. So that's one of the reasons we, we did this event and, and inviting Christian leaders uh, and, and leaders from the Jewish community. Now, it was the first type of event that's happened like that in, in the UK, certainly in our lifetimes, where um, the two communities of, 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 of people were invited to come together to actually read scripture, make some declarations together, and here's one or two, two or three speeches, and, and actually together believe for something more than we're seeing right now. So we had one of the, the most senior rabbis in the UK, he spoke he, uh, in, as part of the uh, um, uh, breakfast, and uh, it was really significant what he said and the things that he spoke about, and how important that morning uh, was and a number of other things that took place uh, that morning, and the conversations that are happening as a result since Wednesday of next steps, and how do we build stronger bridges between um, us as Christians and the Jewish community, and what does that look like? And some of that is standing with them against anti-Semitism. And, and that, that's uh, connected with breaking the silence and speaking out. But part of us, you know, in terms of the prayer and what we do in regards to Israel, whether it's overseas there or the Jewish people in this nation and the relationships developing, prayer is one part of that, but also there's got to be action connected with it because it's all part of God's plan and purposes of what he is outworking, okay? Now, <clears throat> it's a contentious issue, okay, in one sense, bringing Christians and Jews together. Uh, because there are some things we totally agree on and believe the same. There are some things that, that, that Jews would believe that we wouldn't, and there's things, obviously, as Christians that we believe that, that Jews don't necessarily. But we are coming together on what we, the things we agree on and what we believe, that we believe the Hebrew Scriptures, okay? And uh, we, we love the, the God of Israel, and we're here to stand against anti-Semitism, to build relationships, to stand with these guys, because days are coming where the only people the Jewish people will be able to turn to are, is the church, is Christians, okay? Because everybody else is going to basically reject them. And, uh, and we are not going to do that because God has not rejected the Jewish people. Amen? And therefore, as the church, we need to have God's heart towards them and be in relationship with them for the purposes of God and how he's going to outwork what he is doing, okay? So what we're going to... I'm just going to invite Jane up now. She's going to kind of lead on a bit from this. And we're just going to touch on a few different areas and then pray into these areas uh, because it's really important that we, we... we don't just know God's heart, but we respond to God's heart and we act upon what God is, what, what God is saying. Great. Um, uh, this, we've been speaking for a long time. This year is a year of breakthrough. Amen. We've been believing for breakthroughs. Um, we're speaking it. We know God is going to break out in us. We're going to see breakthroughs in us and, and beyond and in our community and in our nation we've been speaking out. And one of the words we've been hearing about the, this breakfast that's just happened is, it, is a, it was a breakthrough moment. It was a breakthrough moment in this nation and between the communities and a breaking out of God and God was there. He was all over it. He was touching hearts. We've had so many conversations since. So much is, is going to come out of this time of just basically praying and then doing what God tells you to do. Amen. That's what that's what this came out of. And um, uh, basically, again, God's just aligning us with him, 
aligning the church with his purposes. He gives us assignments in prayer and then to go and do. And um, that alignment and assignments are, is, is God. Is God moving. They're God events, God, you know, um, breakouts, God miracles. Um, yeah, just just be encouraged, okay? Just at every level, God is on the move. Um one, somebody said to me at the prayer breakfast, she said, well, the difference between this and some many other evangelical events I've been to, um, uh, apart from the fact that there were Jews there, but she said, the Ancient of Days is here. And when she said that, everything in me resonated. That's exactly what God has been speaking for a long time. That, that it's not just about God loving everybody and bringing us together. Very much the scripture in Jeremiah that says, stand by the ways and see and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls okay this is this is the journey that we're on as as the church and 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 many coming together stand by the ways and see and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls god is there they said we will not walk in it he said, I set up watchmen over you saying, listen to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not listen. Some are not listening. Some won't get on. But many will. Amen. God is saying, choose life. Choose his path. Choose life. And I want to just bring up a couple of things that have come up recently, uh, very recently, um, this week that um, we've been reading. Um, and we really feel it's right to pray for our royal family at this time. Um, we were at an event after, the day after the prayer breakfast at the Albert Hall where the Jewish community were having a, their big celebration of Israel's 70th. And Prince Charles was there. He's a, he's a great friend of the Jewish community. You may not know that, but he is a great friend of the Jewish community. They were so excited to have him there. And he was, and he, you know, he, he was there and it was, was a good time. And, um, but they are coming under... Attack, okay, and I really believe it's time we pray for him and his sons. Um, I read a, an article this week and I sent it around to some uh, prayers, and it's been done by the University College of London. Um, it's constitutions. Oh no, I don't know what that is, but anyway, some kind of they've done a, a um, uh, they've written something about the coming coronation of Prince Charles. And it says this coronation ceremony should cut back on its overtly Christian rituals for the sake of progress. The UK is no longer a global or colonial power. Celebration will therefore need to reflect that the U- what the UK has become rather than what it once was. The report said, however welcoming to, um, however, Welcoming to other faiths, a holy Anglican coronation service is no longer capable of reflecting or responding to modern British society. Now, what's done within, everything that's done within the coronation is about God, okay? And I, I haven't got time to go into all the details and everything they do and everything they pray and, and all the, the, everything is symbolism. Everything is very, very God-anointed on purpose. It's done by the Archbishop of Canterbury. He anoints the monarch with oil. He administers communion. He leads them in pledging their obedience to God in a series of oaths. And in the oaths, the monarch affirms he or she is a faithful Protestant, will will preserve the church. And this this group have said this needs to change, noting that half of the UK's population has no religious affiliation. And the report suggests that a separate non-Christian ceremony could take place at Westminster Hall to honour Britain's religious diversity. Um, We need to pray. 
that this doesn't happen because our monarch uh, under God is our covering, is our Christian covering. And if that is removed, that is removed from, from us, okay? So we're going to pray in a minute. Uh, he has, it's, it's a mantle, it's a holy mantle on our kings and queens that we need to see, we pray that it stays in place, amen? It's that this nation has an apostolic call from God. And no, we're not colonial, we don't go around um, doing what we used to do many years ago, thank, thank goodness, but this nation has a calling on it, an apostolic calling to send the gospel. That's the thing that we are good, we were good at. It's, all the rest of it wasn't so good, but we are a gospel-sending nation and we need to become, once again, a gospel-sending nation, amen? But that's where something needs to happen in the church, in this nation. It's our inheritance and it's our destiny in God. And we have wells of salvation in this nation go very deep with the blood of martyrs for, for centuries and centuries. Okay. Um, one of the things, another, we want to pray for uh, Harry and William as well. Um, so Clive and I, last year, we went to uh, Windsor Castle and we just went for a trip just to walk around it and we ended up really praying as we went because we kept reading that the younger members of the royal family love Windsor Castle they love going there they go there a lot and so when we were there we found ourselves praying a lot for the next generation of royals and we went into St George's Chapel and where they stood and got married we stood and we prayed and when sometimes you know, it's like like Clive was just saying about prayer assignments, you know, you, you if God leads you to do something, just do it because you don't know what's going to break out there. Do you know what I mean? Another point. But also a few a few weeks ago, we went to Cliveden House, and um, and it's it's where the um, only uh, Israeli um, prime minister this country's ever had, Benjamin Disraeli, um, lived. And so we went there. It's National Trust, and we went and. Um, uh, we we prayed again around that house, and that's where Meghan Markle ended up staying the night before. You know, she got she got married. Um, so I just want to read this to you. I read I read this the other day. So Prince Harry, okay, and the the um, and his wife have become Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Yeah, you know that. Yeah. So I said to Clive, if they come to Sussex, we've got to go. We've got to go and wave. We've got to go and you know say hi and pray over and whatever. But anyway. Um, I read this the other day. So Prince Harry's official predecessor, uh, Augustus Frederick, uh, was the sixth son of King George, the Duke of Sussex. He was an aristocratic student of the Hebrew language and of Jewish history and literature who fought tirelessly for the removal of civil restrictions on Jews in this nation. He was a huge supporter of Jewish causes. Um, he supported the hospital, their orphan asylum, which evolved into the modern uh, modern charity. He was patron of the of something or other. Um, you don't need to go into that. Anyway, anyway, he had when he died fifty one books in Hebrew language that were then taken into some library somewhere. Okay, that's really unusual, isn't it? His usual custom was to wear a black, you know, skull cap or kipper, and on the occasion of his friend Moses Montefiore receiving a knighthood, he exclaimed excitedly, this is one of the things I've worked for all my life. That is a mantle that, that has not gone to anybody else, okay? That, the, the Duke of Sussex, Harry is the next one. And I want us to pray that this mantle of this heart of God comes on Harry and Meghan, okay? We know that, uh, did you watch the wedding? Amazing, wasn't it? 
just amazing. God was all over it. Somebody in there, I don't know if it's the pair of them or one of them or someone else, is like full on, spirit filled, kingdom loving, life, you know, giving person. And um, and I just believe God is just is moving on that family. Okay. Um, William, Prince William is going to Israel. Uh, I think it's the 24th, 25th, 26th of June. Um, he's, he's in uh, Jordan. He's in Israel. He's in the West Bank, Palestinian areas. Um, I think three times he's going to be in Jerusalem. And, um, and we really want to pray for them. Okay. Um, uh, you know, the word, like Clive said, in Isaiah 62 says, For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not remain silent. Till her righteousness shines out like the dawn, her salvation like a blazing torch. And this isn't, it's not all about Jerusalem. This is so that salvation burns in our nation. Amen. It's salvation that burns in our nation, that righteousness comes, salvation comes. And um, it's, yes, yeah, not all about, it's not all about the Jews, but it's about the God of Israel who is moving. And he's, he's moving in the earth and he's, he's just got his ancient things that he's rolling out. We just want to be in line with that. Amen. And, um, and see uh, his purposes happen in our nation uh, as well as other nations. Do you want to stand to your feet to pray? Thank you, Lord. Right. Let's, let's just start praying and praying in tongues. Okay. So we want to just, we want to hit some things. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you that you have a call on this nation. Lord, you have a call on this nation to stand with you. You have a call on this nation, Lord, to believe the word of God, Lord, to take the word of God to the nations, Lord. Father, we pray, Lord, you stir up your church. Stir up your church in these days, Lord, to stand with you, to stand with your purposes. Thank you, Father. You stir us up, Lord, to pray for our royal family, Lord. Lord, they need your prayers. Lord, they need your protection. Lord, we plead your blood over our royal family. We plead your blood around them, Lord, that you guard them, that you protect them. Lord, we plead your blood over the coronation, over the whole um, honoring of the monarchy. Lord, we plead your blood and your protection and your angels that they will not be robbed, stolen or destroyed, Lord. Everything that, that is proclaimed in that in that celebration, in that honouring, Lord, is honouring to you and it's powerful. It's living. It's a living word over our nation. And we say it will not be robbed. It will not be stolen. And it will not be killed off. We thank you, Lord, for your protection. Lord, we pray. Father, we pray for Prince Charles. And we pray for his sons, Lord. Lord, that you move upon them by your Holy Spirit. Breathe, Holy Spirit. Breathe on them, Lord. Breathe on them, Lord. Breath of life 
on Prince Charles, on William and Harry and their wives and their families. Holy Spirit, truth, truth and the Holy Spirit colliding in this nation. Truth and the Holy Spirit colliding in this nation. Thank you, Lord. Shokura mandere ki ramaye ki ramashiende arara mandere dere. Father, we thank you that your mantles on our royal family are holy, that they will not be removed in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for your mantle on Harry, the Duke of Sussex, that mantle of honouring the Jewish people, of honouring the God of Israel. We pray, Lord, that mantle will come upon him right now. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, your mantles, Lord, that are holy, your anointing. And Prince William, Lord, as he goes to Israel, as he goes to the Middle East, Lord, Holy Spirit, breathe on him. Breathe on him, Lord, breath of life, breath of life, revelation, revelation, Lord, of who you are, of who you are, Lord, that he meets with you, the God of Israel. We pray, Lord, he goes to the wall. God, we pray you meet with him, you meet with him, Lord, face to face, Lord God, spirit to spirit, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that this nation, this nation would not reject you. It would not reject its mantle from you. The crown that you have given it, it will bow in humility. Wear it with humility, Lord, before you. Thank you, Jesus. One last thing very quickly. This month um, is the month of Ramadan. And so from May the 15th to June the 14th, um, Muslims all over the world are praying uh, extra hard, they're fasting, they want to meet with their God. And, um, but it, it's, you know, in that time, um, there's, their violence increases and, and that can happen anywhere. And we saw it last year in this nation, during this month, the increase of violence. Um, and we can pray, church, we can pray that this doesn't happen. Amen. Um, so let's just pray. Father, we thank you. We just speak your lordship over this nation Jesus, we speak your name, Lord Jesus, over this nation, that every other name, every other false god and idol has to bow to the name of Jesus, the Christ. As we have been, in, been singing today, Jesus, you are the Christ. We declare you over this nation and your lordship. And we just speak in this season of Ramadan, revelation, Jesus, of who you are. Salvation, not destruction. We declare salvation, not destruction. That Islam has to bow the knee to you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your protection over this nation. Every plot of the enemy will be disturbed. It will be exposed. It will be scuppered. We speak peace in this nation, over this nation, Lord. Peace, Prince of Peace, we speak your peace over this nation and protection in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, just grab a seat for a moment. Just one one other thing we're just going to just for a moment look at and then pray. Obviously, many of you, if not all of you, be aware on Friday in Ireland... The, uh, they obviously voted to repeal the 
Eighth Amendment uh, to do with abortion and basically saying that <clears throat> uh, they've opened up that anybody can have an abortion for any reason up to 12 weeks. And then after that, between 12 and 24 weeks, they're saying that if, um, if there is a definite danger to the woman's life, um, then, you know, or from in terms of health or mental health, physical health or mental health, then they can have, uh, have an abortion. Uh, now, obviously, ab- abortion is a very, very emotive subject. Uh, when you when you get into that kind of conversation with people, and obviously they've been through a lot in the last few months, building up to Friday, and <clears throat> now we we're just going to pray for a few minutes. Uh, already since Friday, there's a lot of pressure on the government to do with Northern Ireland, saying, "Well, now now Ireland have have had this." Um, Referendum, and they they want to do this, and, and obviously the prime minister there said that by the end of the year they want to make sure it's law and everything is is in place. Uh, Theresa May has not made a statement yet in relation to uh, what happened on Friday. Other MPs have on in in all the different parties, uh, but she hasn't actually made a statement. And there's obviously pressure on her. She's got DUP mps that the 10 of them that obviously helped to swing some things in the tory party in certain or for the tory party when there's certain votes and obviously there's a lot of pressure a lot of politics involved in all kinds of different ways in that world in terms of what she's doing and um that if she comes out with a statement you know congratulating and all this kind of thing then that's obviously not going to please all the dup guys who then might decide well we're not going to support you in the same way as as uh, you want us to and Ultimately, that could, you know, what does that mean in terms of undermining the government? Will it end up in another uh, election? All that kind of stuff that could go on. Now, um, we know that nations are changing, culture and society is changing. And we know that the enemy is behind all of that, ultimately uh, wanting to affect lives. And... uh, we're not getting, having a debate on, on the rights and wrongs of abortion this morning and, and all the different things that were, were said and uh, that could be said. Uh, but we want to we wanna pray for our nation. Um, obviously, a couple of state, I'm just going to read a couple of statements the Prime Minister of Ireland made in his speech uh, in response to what happened. And he said... This is the day that Ireland stepped out from under the last of our shadows and into the light. Now, obviously, from a a believing point of view, we we wouldn't, in terms of what we understand the light to be, uh, you know, making a statement like we've now come out of under the shadows of this and now we're in the light, um, saying there's no more stigma, the veil of secrecy is lifted, there's no more isolation, the burden of shame is gone. And we, we know that shame is cloaked in, on people's lives in all sorts of different ways. And everybody has different perceptions of what's going on and uh, whether, you're, whether somebody's a believer or not, uh, whether they agree with abortion or not or, or whatever the, the context uh, is. But <clears throat> we know we need to be praying that our nation it becomes a, peop- a, a nation of truth and a nation of light. In order for that to happen, the church must be a people of light and a people of truth. We know that being a soapbox Christian, it doesn't help anybody. Pointing the finger and saying who's right and who's wrong doesn't change anything. 
uh, in that sense. You know, we know that if we go to our knees and pray, God moves and God works. If the church lives in the way that the church is being called to live, then God works through the church and can impact a nation, you know, and all of that. And so uh, we, we want to pray right now for our nation. Uh, in, in, we're not here to judge whatever the decision is that's been made on Friday and all of that sort of thing. We'll all have our own perceptions and, and views on that. Um, but what we are here to do is pray for our nation. We're here to pray for Theresa May at this moment, who is the Prime Minister, whether you like the Conservatives or not, whatever party you're into, she is our Prime Minister. The Bible says, pray for your leaders. And we need to pray for her, whether you like her or not, whatever you think about her, all of that. uh, We can come out with all our own opinions and that won't change anything. If we're negative, it has a negative effect. Um, So we want to be positive in terms of what we speak. And we need to pray for her and those around her. Uh, we need to pray that she has wisdom in the middle of these scenarios to, to, to stand the ground that in her heart she knows she needs to stand and the conflict that she uh, would be going through at this moment. I think from the outside, sometimes it's very easy to look into something and say, why don't they just do that? Why don't they just say that? Why don't they just this, that and the other? And, it's, and, and, and until, unless you've ever been in a situation where you, you have the kind of pressure of what it means to be in that sort of environment, it's very, very difficult to, 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 to understand what goes on in how somebody has to handle that. And, and, it, and you know, on one look, the truth is the truth. It, never, it will never change. But how you bring that truth out, you need so much wisdom. Uh, otherwise you just get written off like that and that's it. It doesn't matter how much truth you come out with. If you've written yourself off because of how you've communicated something, then people don't even listen. And, uh, and so we need to be praying for, for her. So let's stand together, shall we? And um, we're going to be speaking life over our nation, not destruction, which is what's been going on. What they voted for is destruction. I understand, you know, there are, it's a very, very delicate issue when you're talking about people's lives and everything, and, and I know a lot of the emphasis has been on the rights of a woman, and, and what the referendum has shown, what they voted for, is basically taking the rights away from children, uh, which is basically the, 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 you know, so that means any, a child up to three months, if a parent, if a, a mum wants something, for whatever reason, the child has no rights whatsoever, and, and all of that. Now, I know most of us, probably all of us, I don't know, wouldn't agree with all of that, and... Um, so we want to be speaking life, not destruction. And in Deuteronomy 30, it says, the Lord says to Israel in this context, anyway, this day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I've set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that your children may live. So let's just lift our, our, our voices, shall we, and just pray for our nation at this moment and for her. I know time's gone, but let's just pray for the last couple of minutes. Father... Father, we thank you that you are Lord of our nation and you want your Lordship to come through more and more in our land. Father, right now, we just pray for Theresa May, the pressure that she's under, the expectations that there are of her as what, of what she's going to say next and do next in relation to the, 
referendum on Friday. Father, we just pray right now for that deep conviction, that courage, and in the middle of that challenging scenario, Father, to stay, to stay true to what she knows on the inside, she needs to stay true to, that you would just give us such a mantle of wisdom in this moment, Father, but strength and courage to, to say and to do what is right to do in this situation and how to say whatever she needs to say, Father. So we just pray for her right now, the pressure she is under, whatever she's going through and whatever that feels like on the inside of her, Father. We just speak peace over her right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you that you are her covering, you're her protection, you're her stronghold. And those that are working around her and with her, Father, that you would just be working and moving in that situation. Father, we just pray that as a government, they would resist this move and the pressure to move what has taken place in Ireland, then into Northern Ireland, and that we would see a miracle, Father, take place, that the momentum would look like it's going to happen there as well. But Father, we ask you to oversee that and halt what could take place in the natural, Father, so that what is currently law there would stay as law and would still honour your name, Father. Father, we just pray for our nation. Father, we need you in our nation. We need you, Father. All the stuff that we're doing as a nation, where we think we don't need you. We think by being able to say whatever we want to say and live however we want to live is true freedom. But Father, yet we know, many of us in the room, when we gave our lives to you, what you set us free from, when we thought, that we could do what we want, live how we wanted, and that wouldn't have any consequence in our life. But yet, the stuff that was going on in us and how you had to heal us and set us free and, and, and work in our hearts and lives, Father. Uh, and, 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 and Father, our nation doesn't realise, Father, you, on the cross, when Jesus hung there, he says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And Father, all of us have been there. And none of us are saying we're more righteous than anybody else. And we, we're not saying we have a right to say things. But Father, as part of our nation, would you have mercy on us as a nation? Would you continue to work in our nation, Father? And, and you died once and for all. And so, Father, we want to take your heart of love, grace, compassion, mercy to our nation, to our friends, to our work colleagues, to our neighbours, the spheres of influence that you place us into, wherever they are, Father, whatever we're doing, that you would enable us to be full of grace, full of compassion, and not just say the right thing, but how to say it with the right heart, the right attitude, and coming across in the right way. So, Father, we just thank you for your wisdom on every one of us individually, your wisdom on us as a people, how we live our lives, how we share our faith how we love others and reach out to others, that we would do it with your heart, Father, without any condemnation, without any judgment, but, Father, going with your heart in the same way that your heart is towards us. And so, Father, we praise your name. We honour your name. We want to glorify your name as a church in Horsham, in Worthing, in Crawley, in, in Burgess Hill, in the 25-mile radius, everywhere we go as Kingdom Faith and as we represent you, Father, we would go with your heart, Father, into this nation. And Father, we just ask you, we know there's a hunger stirring up in the church in this land in a fresh way. But we ask you that you would not just come and visit our nation, you would come and inhabit yourself afresh in our nation and turn the tide of what seems impossible in the natural 
you would turn it, Father, so that once again our nation would become that God-fearing nation, that nation that honours you. Father, we're praying for the absolute impossible in the natural, but yet your word says all things are possible with God. And so, Father, we continue to take hold of you and hold on to you and everything you have purposed for our nation. And we praise your name. Come on, let's give God a shout of praise, shall we? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.